It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What if the Auburn Tigers won the SEC West this season? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackbeam. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate. The everydayers know that we are joined by Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. And let's play a little what-if game today, Ferg. What if Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers won the SEC West in 2023. Sure, we all agree that is an uphill battle. Several things would have to happen in order for them to get to that point, but let's play the game. What if? Uh, so, I, I obviously, I think the first thing is just total buy-in and Hugh Freeze and the program and what he's trying to do and instill in the program. I mean, that may be at a, at a historic high. I think it'd be compared to like how you felt after the 2013 season under Gus Malzahn's first year. Yeah, I mean, look at LSU this past year. They just Good did point. it. Um, so it's it's not out of the complete realm of possibility. Auburn is a team we talked about recently. It's still in the blue chip ratio. Still, you know, on paper has enough talent to, to, to make some noise. It would just be, yeah, like a lot of the stuff you go from in year one, you would have to like, it has to click like immediately. And to me, the big thing I think would, if Auburn wins the West or if Auburn makes a run at winning the SEC West in 2023, mm-hmm. that means whatever they get out of their quarterback position this year is just firing on all cylinders. Like they right. get above and beyond the expectations at the quarterback position, which, you know, isn't completely out of the realm of possibility that they could have a great team. I mean, Peyton Thorne, if Peyton Thorne looks like 2021 Peyton Thorne at Auburn, like those are numbers that Auburn hasn't seen since Jarrett Stidham and maybe even before that. Or say a guy like Robbie Ashford puts it all together. Like you see mm-hmm. a lot of potential in something like that because yep. you know obviously Ashford was a top five running quarterback in the country last season. Um, so I mean, that would be a big thing there. And and for both of those guys, uh, you know what what if if you have a situation where uh, those guys are in SEC West Championship territory, like there's potential that those guys could come back and you could build on that even further uh, for for next season. Now both of them would be draft eligible, but like. You also have to think there. It's like you have a foundation laid at that point, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where really is where Auburn really needs to take that step. Um, that's what they've kind of lagged behind in the last few years is just having that offense and that quarterback play that can make them championship contenders. If Peyton Thorne was 2017 Jarrett Stidham, mm-hmm. I mean, that puts Auburn as a chance to win 10 games this season, right? I mean, that's not an outlandish thing to say. Yeah, I mean, it would depend on how the defense, you know, kind of holds up. One thing about Auburn's defense this year is you got to keep an eye on, though, is that they were so bad at stopping the run last season. Mm -hmm. Those numbers are rough, but you do have a great secondary. So if you can just figure out that core that uh, up front um, with with uh, with the rebuilt defensive line and the linebackers, like yeah, I mean, about a real good spot. Right. I mean, for, for better or for worse, like the, the defensive line is completely different and the linebacker room looks completely different as well. And you got so. a new scheme and you've got a guy who's had a lot of success doing some of the stuff that you need on, you know, your 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 front seven. Or front and emotionally, six. right? I mean, emotionally, if you're a defender, like knowing that the offense has a better chance to put points on the board too, mm-hmm. like it's got to it's got to ignite something. 
Yeah, and you would think the secondary behind you should be able to to yeah. rock as well if you're a guy who's at the linebacker spot. So, yeah, I think, you know, when Auburn won in 2013, um, I think the big thing for them is they picked up where they left off in 11, right? It was just – it was the one year where they changed everything up on offense mm-hmm. and it didn't go well, and then they bring Malzahn back in and they say, hey, we're just going back to what you guys – or a lot of you guys were recruited to play and we've got – it's get right. the quarterback take off from there. Um, LSU last season, you know, LSU, it was just kind of leadership and structurally wise. I mean, they had all the talent. They've always had the talent at LSU. There's no doubt about that. It was just, could they get the the guy to kind of put it all together? And they needed the quarterback as well with Jaden Daniels. Um, so, I mean, it was easier for those two teams to do it. For Auburn, you're coming into a situation if you're Hugh Freeze where it's like, wow, this team has not been what it's needed to be the last couple of years. It's not as quick and easy of a fix as maybe it would have been at LSU or at, you know, mm-hmm. at Auburn in 2013. But, you know, we have seen, we have seen a uh, uh, freeze make some noise as a guy who can lead teams to upsets and, and, and get hot uh, before. How different is this Auburn roster versus LSU's roster last year? Or just the whole situation. Because I mean, there are some similarities and, and I think LSU's roster last year is better than Auburn's roster this year, just because LSU always recruits mm-hmm. well. It's just who they are. But there are some similarities, right? I mean, you're bringing in a, a, a coach. It's their first year there, and they've yep. won everywhere else that they've been. Like that's that's a parallel. You're bringing in a quarterback that maybe was underappreciated at his previous stop. I mean, I think there's sure. some similarities there. And I mean, they did use the transfer portal going into last season. I mean, yeah. Kelly used the portal to patch holes. Granted, it was less holes than what Hugh Freeze had to do just due to previous years of recruiting um, mm-hmm. due to previous regimes. But like, there are some similarities here. And then you look at the biggest games on each of those schedules. They were both pl- playing Alabama. They had to beat Alabama at home. Yep. Auburn gets Alabama at home. So, I mean, there are some similarities between the two squads. Yeah, the the, the foundation, though, is just different because right. the last couple of seasons, LSU is, you know, a team that has uh, been recruiting off the strength of a national championship not too long ago and the fact that it's LSU. So these are top five, top ten right. classes that they're building. And then you get to add and, and kind of tweak from there. For Auburn, it's – you know, top 20 classes a little bit further back. And so like that's, I think that's the foundation makes the big difference there. And that's where I think the ceiling can, can kind of be different. Um, one of my things that it's interesting with Auburn and with LSU last season, you go back to that Florida state game in the opener. A lot of people came out of that game thinking like, Oh man, LSU is a mess at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, especially on the offensive side. They were well, in, the game, to, in the game. They were yeah. <laughs> in that game. They definitely were right. starting freshman on the offensive line. The guy got kind of got pushed around at times on the defensive front. It just did not look good. And then, um, you know, lo and behold, they end up winning the SEC West. Now, when they got to the SEC championship game and some other games they played this that season, that weakness on the on the line of scrimmage kind of showed showed up a little bit more for yeah. Auburn. It's you have rebuilt your offensive line mostly with guys that are group of five, really good group of five players. Obviously, uh, you know you, you've got uh, some people who are coming back defensively. You know you got to get a lot better than you were last season. So um, if you get the skill position and a lot of the and in the case of LSU, always good linebackers, defensive backs. The one big difference, the one big difference when we talked about recruiting uh, with LSU and Auburn, LSU had a Harold Perkins and. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you would love if you're Auburn, different type of player. You would love if a Keldrick Falk could be like a Harold Perkins, but that's really, really hard to do. And like, you got to remember, Perkins was like a top five player in the country coming out of high school. Um, right. That's a big thing because LSU last season could make up for some of their weaknesses in the line of scrimmage because they were just terrorizing people in the backfield. Does Auburn have that? That's my biggest question, especially on the defensive so. side of the ball. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them to, to get to that level. Yep, and Elijah McAllister will be asked that question next week. I all but guarantee it. Sure. And then, you know, I guess just, uh, you know, another way to answer the question, what if Auburn wins the SEC West in 2023? I mean, there's all these players that I think are interested in Auburn, but they don't really know what they're getting if they come here. Oh, yeah. I mean, you mm -hmm. talk about some of these flips that we talk about need to happen for Auburn to get a top 10 class. You got to think. You got to think all those guys would fall in line and be more okay to like buy in because the, the, the term that you and Painter talk about all the time on, on y'all's podcast, like the proof of concept yep. would certainly, certainly be there. Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, LSU got a top five class after winning the SEC West this past year. Yeah, I mean, like it that's helps. Win winning helps. Absolutely. That's the type of, that's the type of buzz you can get. That's the type of, the type of launch you could get. Uh, if you're if you're a team like Auburn, also an interesting case is like if you win the West. Well, hey, you won the West in the last year. That was the thing because now moving forward, oh, it's the point. top two teams that are going to go to the SEC title. So it's just like if you can establish yourself very quickly as hey, we're capable of playing for an SEC title. Well, now in an expanded playoff and a, and a new look SEC moving forward, it's like okay, now you're into the mix where like this team could you know, potentially be in the hunt for a playoff spot. I'm not saying they're going to make a playoff every year. That's that's going to be really hard for a lot of teams to do. Right. But if you could just say, hey, we're going to come into the year, say if everything goes our way, we think we can realistically make make a, a college football playoff. Like to be able to establish that pretty quickly, which I think long-term is what this team wants to do, what this program is building towards, to be able to kind of, kind of speed up that process would be so huge in a number of areas. All right, we got some news about an Auburn linebacker being uh, with a team no longer. We'll discuss um, more so what it means for the roster moving forward next right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, the confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only applies to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin Ferguson, our guest on today's Locked on Auburn. So Wednesday night, uh, reports confirmed that uh, Demario Tolan 
is no longer with the team. Of course, uh, he was he hasn't played it down at Auburn. He was a very talented and athletic linebacker at LSU. Speaking of that LSU team a year ago, I uh, was a big part of their win against Alabama as far as spying um, Bryce Young. But he's no longer with the team. We're not really going to get into why because I don't think that's our story to tell, Justin. I'm sure you agree. So yeah. as far as what this means for the roster moving forward, based on the limited action we saw of him in spring, it didn't really seem like he was going to be a huge factor this season regardless, but you talk about the future of the linebacker position. I kind of thought he would be a part of the future of the position. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. Yeah, they, they were talking in the spring like, hey, we didn't sign a high school linebacker, so it was really important to get a guy mm -hmm. like Demario Tolan, who, and I think him and uh, Robert Woodyard Jr. kind of share the same uh, kind of background in the fact that, hey, it would be a second-year guy that even if they're not starters, even if they're not your key guys this year, you look at him as super talented dudes that you can play in the future. I like Tolan's game a lot. I think he was one of those dudes that was going to be able to kind of be very rangy, very athletic, do a lot of what you asked him to. You talk uh, in the in the spring with with Josh Aldridge, and it was just like when he puts it all together, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. And so there was a lot of that in the spring where it was like, yeah, he's coming along, he's coming along. Like you're yeah. seeing him out there, but not with the starters. It's just, hey, you bring him, bring him in because I think, that was the whole thing with him at LSU, too. They looked at him last season at LSU and said, hey, this guy's got a lot of tools. We just we got to get him on the field to get him some of that experience, even if he's not our dude yet, if he's not our key guy yet. We think he could be down the line. We just need to give him some reps now. And I felt like Auburn this year was going to be another step for him in that regard. Like, he would be in the rotation, but probably not, you know, one of the main guys this season. And so uh, it, it's a loss for sure. It, it definitely is for Auburn because, it's again, this I think is going to put more stress on getting the right linebackers and 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 you know moving forward in, in 2024 with your recruiting class. You obviously got uh, Joseph Phillips coming in. It'd be interesting to see where where Auburn kind of views him, um, right. you know, uh, positionally. But yeah, you know, you're gonna you're gonna need to get more guys kind of like a Tolan's caliber. It was kind of like stealing a, a you know backfilling for that that 2022 class there. And um, you know now you're gonna have to now you have to put more emphasis on on, on bringing in those guys in the future. Yeah, and. We've had Christian Clemente on the show um, a few weeks ago, and he talked about the importance of, you know, they're probably going to bring in four linebackers, and yeah. the four linebackers all make sense. Um, but even if you do that, like the timing is almost off a little bit now because, like, you don't want to start a freshman at linebacker in the SEC. You may have to. And, you know, if they get certain guys to flip, like a Demarcus Riddick, like, okay, you feel a little bit better, you know, starting him versus other folks, but sure. you'd rather start, you know, a guy that would have been told in that situation, he would have been what a redshirt sophomore in would have been a third year guy. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, um, yeah. Robert Woodyard as well would be another guy to mm -hmm. look at. Like, that. And you, I think it would be big better doing that than, than, mm -hmm. a, than a first year guy. So like the timing is off a little bit. I am curious to see if they'll go to the portal to get a little bit more of like another Larry Nixon type player that they got yeah. from North Texas. Yeah. Um, but they may feel good with the four freshman linebackers and especially with Riddick, you know, if they can pull that off. I mean, he may be good enough to start day one. Yeah, and you could uh you could have, you know, fifth year, some fifth year guys coming back. I think I think we're at still at that point. Maybe I think not. Cam Riley could come back. I think Riley and Steiner are the last of that that group that could come back because they came in in twenty. Um, is Asante done after this season? I think Asante still got multiple years or maybe I think so one, too yeah, yeah so yeah. I think those three guys could come back and I do think for Auburn this year I think when you look at what their team is right now so this past offseason you saw big transfer portal gains and a good recruiting class for especially for where you started with but smaller 
a smaller recruiting class. And so what I think Auburn, the most realistic scenario is now you kind of bring it a little bit more towards the middle. You may take less transfers, but I still think they're going to be very active in the transfer portal. And I think you're going to take more guys in your 2024 class, but I wouldn't expect Auburn to sign a top 10 class and, you know, with 30 dudes in it or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I think the game plan we saw Auburn do in 2023, this, this off season, I think you're going to see a variation of that in 2024. And, you know, like you said, you may bring in four linebackers, but you could also use a Larry Nixon, or you could go bring in another Austin Keys. Keys has uh, eligibility remaining as well. Uh, I should I should point that out. Um, he does. I believe he does. I think he's oh. listed as a junior. Let me. Let me. Let That's me great news. That for I for some reason thought he was a grad transfer. I don't know why I thought that, but I thought he was. Uh, Austin Keys is listed at Auburn as a junior, so he he. Oh, he that could, changes he could, the whole. Okay, that's awesome. He could play another year because he was. Uh, let's see if I remember correctly. He only had. Um, he only had two seasons at at Ole Miss that he played okay. in. That actually it. played in. So yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. So you're not start. You're not starting completely over from there. But yes, you you are. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how I feel about the the DB room. Like you know, you got so many of those young DBs because you know the 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 losses are coming. You know that you're going to yeah. have to tr- turn the page. Linebacker, you have a little bit more wiggle room, but you do need to kind of get that filling up moving forward. Um. So it'll be interesting to see where they where they fit all those guys into the, into the picture. Yeah, because I mean, there are several positions where you're just losing a lot. Like you're going to lose oh, your yeah. starting two corners. Tight end, um, you're losing everybody except for like a one dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except for like Michael Riley Ducker. That's it. I think everybody else would be gone. And, and you then, could have some super senior guys come back, but yeah, like it's mm-hmm. it's yeah, that's a that's a tough situation to be. Your in. offensive line, especially if Dylan Wade chooses to go pro, which I think he wants to. Um, so there, yeah, there, I mean your receivers mm-hmm. that you brought in. I mean the three, three of the four transfer receivers you brought in. This is their last year, so I mean there's there's it's not a young team by any means, but that makes sense because the last two years mm-hmm. you haven't been nails and recruiting and then on top of that like you've had a lot of you've had a lot of um attrition you've had a ton of attrition these last few classes right all right ferg let's tackle another hypothetical question who are auburn's top three reception leaders this upcoming season we'll share our thoughts on that in a moment right here on locked on auburn it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I want to encourage you to join the Locked Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below and Ferg, how can people check out everything you guys have going on at the auburn observer auburnobserver.com check it out six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year to get everything we've got we've been putting out newsletters and podcasts uh, i got some fun ones coming up here we're going to media days dan and i will both be in in nashville so we'll have stuff from that both on the written side and on the podcast side it's a great time to sign up uh and uh obviously we are counting down the weeks until fall camp gets rolling and then it is the floodgates will open you'll get a ton of stuff from us pretty much every day of the week. So auburnobserver.com, sign up. We email everything to you. And uh, yeah, it's a good time to hop on board and go ahead and get that Go ahead and get that subscription rolling before the season starts. I listened to you and Dan do the draft against each other. Yeah. Your team was significantly better than his. 
I Dan, I I felt bad about Dan afterwards because I feel like I kind of I kind of like forced him into outthinking himself, and so okay. uh, yeah, so I I you know I'll take that I'll take that's the, part I'll of the game the victory. Yeah, that's part I'll of the take, game. Yeah, I'll take the victory. I mean, it's better. It's better. You know, I I'm used to beating Painter, so I need, I, I I now need to get used to beating Dan. So that's right. That's right. That's great. So yeah, goal. be sure to check out uh the Auburn Observer podcast. He'll do a great job. All right. So looking at the top potential the top three reception leaders mm-hmm. for Auburn this upcoming season. We both probably agree on who the number one will be. Javarius Johnson. Yeah. I like I like Javarius Johnson's potential a lot. I think healthy if healthy, uh, which has always kind of been the big thing with him. He True. can play a lot. Um, there are a lot of RPOs in this offense, a lot of quick stuff for a dude that runs really good routes that is hard to cover over the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it should be a big year for him. After that, I think you go <laughs> any direction. After that, it's, hey, how do you like, feel, guys? It, it wouldn't shock me if it was a running back. It wouldn't shock me if it was a tight end. And it wouldn't shock me if it was one of these big outside wide receivers. I, I genuinely don't know who it would be after that. I'm really high on Jair Shorter. But I don't think he's going to be like that type of dude. I don't yeah, think he's going to be a six or seven catch a game. Yeah, yeah maybe right. less receptions, more yards kind of guy. Right. I, I, it, this is going to be a cop-out kind of. But if I had to pick the other two, I would go. Um, I would say you know one of your top three guys would be whoever emerges as the top like X. Whether it is whether it's a Shane Hooks, whether it's a Camden Brown, um, you know, whether a guy and maybe not even just next, like what, what if, what if a dude like Coy Moore just c- continues to kind of take a step forward? Like that's the one I'm keeping an eye on. Like, so it'd be an outside receiver. And then my third pick, I'm going Rivaldo Fairweather. I, I'm going, I'm going Rivaldo I Fairweather. I, I would too. I, I like Rivaldo's game. He was on the field so much in spring ball. I think he brings a level of explosiveness, uh, big playability that, um, you know, Auburn just hasn't had it tied in in a while. Like they've used the tight end more recently. Shanker was on the field more than anybody, and you've seen the progress go in that that revel. But like you've got to go, you got to go back a ways before the last time Auburn had a guy who was like a big play threat at tight end. It's been a long time, and so this well, is also this they, also they, school that doesn't really throw the ball to the tight end very often historically. Have they ever had a dude that they actually used like Rivaldo Fairweather? I mean. No, CJ Uzama, but like not really the same type player in my like, mind. Like CJ, CJ would do things where he would split out and he would do some of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, the thing with CJ is he played on, on really run heavy offenses, so you didn't see as much volume with him. Right. Um, I think if a CJ Uzama would have played in this offense, he would have been a key player because you mm-hmm. you would obviously look at what you know they had done in the past with you know guys like Evan Ingram and Dawson Knox and like that's that would kind of be the blueprint. Um, but yeah, I think Rivaldo, like he is a unique player. And I think he's going to be a guy where you'll see him on the field quite a bit. And um, I, I would go with Rivaldo. Javarius, the top outside receiver in Rivaldo feels like the, the best one. It's just, who's going to be that top outside guy. Um, I can see where it could be Shane hooks. I can see where it could be uh Cantor Brown. I can see where it could be a, a number of guys. Entertain me here. What if for a few weeks into the season, Jarquez Hunter is just absolutely killing it and they want to feed him the ball more for like postseason mm-hmm. award type things because that's that's a thing. I, I, that would not shock me if that happened. Yeah, he, he is a solid receiver. Um, obviously made some big plays with his, you know, out of the backfield la- these last couple of years. I am very interested to see how they use him in the passing game, knowing that the guys behind him at running back 
are also dudes that have really good um, mm-hmm. you know, potential, like a guy like Brian Batte. Jeremiah Cobb did that a ton at Catholic. Um, yep. Tamari Austin, I think, has got a really good skill set for that, that if he can continue to develop it. So, yeah, it's just like, uh, especially if you're wide receivers, and I think that's where we're all kind of coming from this year, is that Auburn's wide receivers, like there's a lot of question marks about them. It's like, do they have what it takes to be um, to get this offense to the next level? If that's the case, you're going to need some help from that from that running backs. Like, if you're still got, you still have doubts of that. Sure, yeah, I can see, I can see where Hunter, yeah, because I he mean was, Hunter, he was fifth in catches last year with and seventeen third, and third in, in yards, and was one of only three guys that had multiple touchdown catches last season. So, like the the the, the so, process so is bad. There. Oh, it's <laughs> so it's. Bad. I wrote about it last week. It's like if you go back and look, it's like you know Auburn. The the inability that Auburn has had really since the 2017 season to get big plays from their passing game is what has separated them from from the pack. That is the that's yeah. the biggest that's the biggest concern. So I think if you're a team like Auburn, and I think if you're a coaching staff like Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery, it's like, hey, we'll do it by any means necessary. Because I think the good thing about both of those guys is if you look through their histories, they use a wide variety of players. They can succeed with different types of quarterbacks, and they, they can succeed with different types of receivers. Yeah, because Tank led in receptions last year with 30. Obviously, he's gone. Javaris Johnson was second with 26. We both think he'll lead in catches on this year's team. Shanker and Coy Moore were both tied at 20 right after that. And so I think Coy's in a tough situation depth chart-wise, but if he gets the job, like I love Coy Moore. I love mm-hmm. what he brings. We really only saw him... If my memory is correct, we really only saw him at slot in the spring, and I feel like um, that hurts him because of yeah, Johnson. yeah. They're moving him around for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing there is uh, he can definitely play on the outside and play that flanker role. But it's like who who do they feel good about there? And look, there's some younger guys on this team. You know the the Malcolm Johnson Juniors, the Amari Kelly, Jay Fair, like you know yeah. guys who had good springs. You know, and obviously Johnson was hurt. Uh, but you know, you, you, you could say like who breaks out of that curve. Like it is up for grabs, especially when you bring in so many transfers like hooks, like Jay or shorter, um, like, uh, you know, you know, like, a a guy that you could be, could be turning into somebody pretty special down the line and Caleb Burton, like, you know, there's, there's, there's a whole lot there that it's just like, who's going to step up. Like you've got the numbers. It's just, who, who will emerge? And uh, it could be anybody. Like you said at the beginning of the segment, like it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. Let us know who you think uh, in the comments or on socials. Uh, reach out to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Top three reception earners for Auburn this season. Ferg, one more time. How can people check out everything you got going on? AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year. We email everything out to you. So we've got newsletters, podcast. We'll be at Media Days next week. It'll be a lot of fun. It will be a ton of fun. Follow me on socials at Z Black. Reread all my written work at auburndaily.com. Or if you want to check out Atlanta Braves content, bravestoday.com. We will see you Monday from SEC Media Days. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.